This is the Tribune Audio Network. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I feel like the beginning of that is going to be me giggling. I know. Aww. Jenny has a book report in front of her. Old school style. Stapled paper right you here. You even stapled it. You're buttoned up today. That's right. We're back. We're feeling better. None of us are sick anymore. We're well, all in the same room. Yes. Which is better. And we're drinking wine, which is also better. Which is way better than <laughs> water. What we were drinking last <laughs> episode. Um, this is Sip. Survive. And repeat. Uh, we drink wine. And tell survival stories. And then at And the end, weird news. Yeah. And in the end, we talk about weird news because That it's I fun. never guess. I've only guessed you've one. You've guessed a couple. No, you've guessed more than one. I think I got close on one and I guessed one for sure. I think sure. you've gotten like two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. take it easy. You've gotten more than one. <sighs> Listen, the, the one that I got was about farting, which was like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I know, right. I got this. Oh, that sounds <laughs> about right. Um, so we were just talking about, what were we talking about? The fact that this wine is really high quality. I, I really like to splurge on my SSR crew and I sprung for the, the Kirtland Signature boxed wine from costco damn it very Um, classy it's three liters which is equal to four bottles which is amazing which it's a 2018 vintage cab (laughs) from california and And um it's it offers juicy flavors of dark red fruit with um, a soft finish folks it does have a pretty soft finish it does yeah i would say good job kirkland signature as far as boxes are concerned, I think the black box that I usually buy at Target tastes a little better. Are you talking about they have cubed, wine cubed at Target? Hmm. They might also have the black box, though. Is Boda Box considered a black box? No. Boda Box comes in, like, the natural cardboard color. Okay. Is that a natural color of cardboard? Sure. I know you're... <laughs> the sad thing is, is I knew exactly what you were talking about. I'm like, Yes. You know how natural cardboard Whatever looks. the black box one is, that's my favorite. I think that one is called black box. Okay. But I just don't know if it... The Target brand is like wine It's cubed. not Target brand. I buy it at Target. Therefore, gotcha. my mind went to it's branded by Target, but it's not, people. Okay. Okay. Don't okay. be confused. Okay. Can you erase be. that? Don't. Ooh, leave it. He's like, nope. Staying in. <laughs> not editing anything. <laughs> um, so I haven't drank in a while, so this is going to be fun. Oh, God. I mean, I had a little sip already but does this say how much alcohol oh it's only 13 it's only it's only 13 percent. okay so we're good <laughs> it's fine it's friday night <laughs> and we're feeling right and it's great i don't know yeah i can't remember the rest of the lines um have you guys decorated for the holidays yet oh yeah that's been done like for two weeks oh jesus okay i mean what's in kim's house i helped decorate that but my house doesn't really get decorations yeah, her tree looks Aww. nice oh yeah i helped with that yeah. I like how boys are just like, eh. eh. Last year we had like a mini Christmas tree in our living room. We might do that again. I don't know. <laughs> you should get one of those like ceramic trees. We should. They have That's... them at like Michael's or. Somebody, I think my friend Megan, uh, shout out Megan. I think she told me they have them at Aldi. Oh. Maybe I'll do that. Hey, get your ass to Aldi. Pick yourself up a black box and a ceramic tree. Woo! I don't think I have a box wine at Aldi. Are you? No, we're a mess. We're a mess. We're a mess. <laughs> Jenny. We were supposed to go last weekend. We just got busy. Do you get a real tree or yes. fake? Yes. No, we got a real tree. Oh, we have tree. a fake one, so it's... Yes, we have a, we got a real tree. This is only the... We had fake trees when Declan was really little because we were scared that it would fall on him. I was scared it would fall on him. <laughs> yeah. Donald was like, whatever. Um, He'll learn. <laughs> yeah, that's how you learn. Uh, so last year, we got our first real tree in the house, and then we wanted to do it again this year, but now it's like this weekend's already filling up with crap, 
So I feel like we were going to go cut it down in the whole shebang. And I think now we're just going to go get a real tree. Go to like Whole Foods. I know they're fancy, but their trees are actually pretty affordable there. I'm just going to go to like or a Home Ma- Depot. Listen, I live in the country. I can go oh, to any yeah. mom and pop tree shop. Go and- pick yourself up a tree this weekend. Yeah. There's cut ones that I can just get my hands on. But we want a big one. I mean, the last year, I think we got a 10 foot. Oh. Yeah. Because the only, we have uh, big ceilings in our living, like our family room uh-huh. and the foyer. Do you just do one tree or two? Oh, no, one. Yeah, we got one. Um, And the kids, we get that tinsel Mm -hmm. that, like, goes all over the place. The kids just chuck it at the tree. They love it. My favorite is when Declan also puts ornaments on, and they're just, like, in one spot at the very bottom. There's, like, 15 in one little cluster. And when he goes to bed, I change them. (laughs) Because I'm like, do you do Elf on the Shelf? Or is he too? No. no. Oh, no, absolutely not. I told you what we did, didn't Uh -uh. I? I don't think so. (laughs) We We bought cameras. This is a Santa spoiler alert, so if you have kids listening, turn this off. We bought fake cameras on Amazon. Okay. And we, there were four of them. We put a fake camera, they're like wall mount. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh Uh-huh. So it looks like a security camera. We mounted one in the family room near the ceiling. We mounted one in Izzy's room. We mounted one in Declan's room. And we mounted one in the kid's bathroom. I was going to say your room. I mean, ha! no. <laughs> Santa doesn't want to see what goes on there. Um, which is sleeping and snoring. But um, in the bathroom. Wait, the, no, oh, the kid's the bathroom. The kid's bathroom. The kid's okay. bathroom. Because like, we're trying tickies. to get Declan to poop on the goddamn toilet. Oh. <laughs> you want to catch him in the act. So they're literally like cameras that are Velcroed onto our walls. They are not real at all. But we told the kids. And Santa left a note, a quote unquote note that said like, you guys have to be good. I had my elves put these cameras in your house because I heard that there's been some attitudes and I heard that there's been some not pooping on the toilet. Did it work? No, well, no, no, of course not. <laughs> I'm like, look at the camera. It's <laughs> No. That's very digital of you to Thanks. put a camera I saw it on Facebook. I can't claim that I came up with this cool idea. Yeah. Is the sun bothering you? It's in my eyes. Not going to lie. I feel like we can like fix that. It feels good a little bit, but then it's also bothersome. So I was a little, I was going to say something, but maybe I wasn't because I was torn as to how I felt about it. (laughs) Here comes Kenny. There we go. Um, It's actually that hole up there. So I don't think, unless you stand in front of that, Kenny. Well, it helped a little bit. No, I feel like that helped. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be fine. Okay. I have 15 20 vision. Yeah, brag about it, with the sun. <laughs> I'm wearing my glasses again, you guys. So Love. I have I have 20/20 vision right now. So you've camera on the shelf, not elf on the shelf. Yeah, I've I have Santa on the wall. Santa on the call. <laughs> <laughs> Santa on video Demand. chat. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think that's it. Other than we no. got a couple really good reviews this week. We Thanks did. Thanks for the shout outs. I want to I want to shout out or not uh, shout outs but reviews. I want to shout out the UK. Uh-oh, the sun's coming See, back. See, I told you, it dicks. Is. <laughs> Thought I was lying. Oh, I'll put my sunglasses on. Keep oh. going. Okay. So, we're really excited. It seems that we've gotten some new listeners in the UK and uh, we've had uh, we had a review from the UK. It hasn't shown up on Apple Podcasts, but we also track everything on chartable and it was on there um so thank you for that uh i can't remember what your name is but you use the word ace to describe our podcast and us and i'm very excited and about jenny that. was really excited about that really as was excited. i and then we also had someone on instagram let's see what if we go toward the uk and we have one fan and yeah. we just do a little coffee shop action. Sure. Do a little show there. So just some blonde chick sent us a message. So happy, happy. Um, and she she told me, 
that she fell down a set of escalators in London. And her, mer- her first immediate thought when she got up was, does this count as a survival story? It does. Congratulations, it does. People have been hurt with and, on escalators very badly. Yeah, and then proceeded to run away in total embarrassment while slightly giggling to myself. Uh-huh. So I guess escalator survival stories? <laughs> I've actually looked... One time when I was researching, I did read a couple escalator survival stories, but there wasn't enough backstory on them to do them. So I had, um, I have an escalator survival story. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, when I was a little kid, I was wearing little tennis shoes. My shoe lace came untied. (gasps) That's the number one. And it got sucked into the, the little, like, I don't know, jaws of the escalator. Yeah. The teeth. And it. Yeah, the teeth, and it pulled me down, and my mom was, like, trying to yank my foot out, and it was very dramatic. Very traumatic, too. And I was screaming. It was awful. Mm. So mm-hmm. I also survived. <laughs> You're a survivor. <clears throat> yes, I am. Well, should we do this? Yeah, let's do this thing. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go. <clears throat> um, this <clears throat> is the survival story of Charles Light Troller. Or Toller. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. I hope he's a light troller. <laughs> I'm basically taking his last name and putting it into two words. Hey, light funny. Toller. Light Toller. Okay. Um, so Charles Herbert Light Toller was born in uh, Chorley, Lanshire, which is, um, <coughs> I had to look up, is in the UK. Oh my God. Hi, UK. Hi, UK. I know. Second reference. Um, (laughs) We're really, we're we're really doing our first tour. Yeah. I was just going to say we're really egging or egging. We're ask requesting, pushing, egging, egging on. I don't know what's wrong with me. We really want to come to the UK and do a tour. Can (laughs) you tell? So yeah, (laughs) we really want to make this work. Perfect. Um, So he was born on March 30th, 1874. This is an old timey. Take it back. So into a family that um, they operated a cotton spinning mill. Mm. And um, since the late 18th century, little fun factoid for you. Think about that. Okay, that's the 1700s, 18th yeah, century, so 1700s. Yeah, so for over 100 years, Kenny I says, guess. yes, I can see him shaking I his saw head. at the corner of my eye, did too, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to agree with Jenny. Um, his mother died of scarlet fever after giving birth oh. to him. I know. And his father immigrated to New Zealand when he was 10, leaving him in the care of extended family. Rude. So it sounds like... Oh, I mean, like, that's so nice of his extended family. It's nice of his extended family, but what a dick move from his dad. Um, Correct. But I'm sure that probably happened a lot because parents died really young back then. So yeah, and I feel like even back, I feel like back then people used to like sell their kids. I've seen pictures that it's like kids Pro- for sale, probably. Which I'm like, <laughs> sometimes like I would like to sell my kids, but yeah, you know, it's just like a, upon. like rent them out. Yeah, but it's frowned upon. Not for sale for like <laughs> certain. Okay, so fast forward to 1912. Um, <clears throat> Two weeks before the sinking of the Titanic. Oh. Kenny actually gave me this one, so shout out to Kenny. It's a good one. Kenneth. Um, Charles boarded the ship, acting as the first officer. Wait, uh, on the Titanic? On the Titanic. He was the first officer. So oh. let me back up. Who I was he pr- in the movie? I don't know. <laughs> Kenny, what do you think? Uh, I saw it when I looked it up, and I can't remember. Oh, did you see that? I think, like, there w- he... I think it was like a minor, minor character. Oh, well, I missed that on Wikipedia. I'll try but... to find it. Okay. okay. Um, but let me, actually, I should, before he got on the Titanic, he, at age of 13, he went to semen school. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it was called, but that's what I'm calling it. He so went to semen school? He knew learned, he wanted to be learned... a semen at 13. <laughs> well, he was made of semen. He wa- Yeah, so he wanted to take his skill set. 
on on the road. I don't know. <laughs> It's I, right now I'm wearing sunglasses, talking to Jenny with, with um, the sun just blaring in my eyes. It's great. Okay. So he landed his first gig. Actually, it wasn't his first gig, but his first big gig on the Titanic in 1912. Yeah. And um, it was kind of a last minute thing two weeks before the mm-hmm. ship took off. Um, he was the first officer. I don't really know what that means, but he was high up in ranking. Mm-hmm. And um, He wasn't the captain. He, he wasn't was the, the captain, but he was, but he was like, officer. he was the first officer. I feel like it's being like, it's like being the vice president. Probably. Yeah. That's a good okay. way to think of it. Um, he actually took someone else's place last minute. Oh, and, um, someone's trying to break in the officer. Oh, Kim. Oh, hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. <laughs> um, so there was an officer that was supposed <clears throat> to have his position, but he got fired because he was a dick because he was a dick probably. And it came to find out that that officer had the key to the ship's binocular case. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, what? Okay, so the, the officer that got fired... Had the keys to the binocular case. Had the keys... So apparently on the Titanic or in all ships, there's like a giant binocular case. <clears throat> and there's keys to it because there's like, you know, they have to like watch out for icebergs and stuff like that. Well, this guy had the key to this. So when they took... When the Titanic set sail... They didn't have the key to the binoculars? They didn't have the key to the binoculars. Oh, my God. Which is now one of the, which is blamed for one of the reasons why they hit an iceberg. Mm-hmm. So it's actually this guy, not Charles's, but it's the guy before him's fault. Just a little factoid for you. So, Do you think he feels bad about that? Probably. I would. Okay. Wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, so the night of April 14th, 1912, <clears throat> Charles ended his duty. Um, so they're on the Titanic, they're, they're sailing, they're sailing, they're having a great grand old time. Mm-hmm. And, um, he really, he was relieved of his duties and another officer took his place so he could go to sleep. And, um, he told the officer that took his place to keep a lookout for small ice, particularly growlers until daylight or large ice or any ice they should you know, really have been looking for, but like the Berg kind. Yeah. <laughs> like the ice that ends in Berg. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know what a growler is, but I'm assuming it's... Uh, it's something um, that holds beer. <laughs> Watch out for those growlers and those bergs. Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> that sounds like um, talking about beers and burgers. Okay. So he was preparing for for bed, and he felt um, this loud collision. Uh-oh. And um, wearing only his pajamas, he hurried onto the deck to investigate. Was it a nightshirt? Um, I'm sure it was some like old timey onesie, like yeah. with like with like um, like pins in the back, like a butt flap. Ooh, His butt was hanging out. Butt was hanging out. He was like out there, but so, it was kind like he but, was kind of he was kind of fit, so it was okay. Yeah, because he was young, so yeah, he's yeah. probably in shape, and he's like, "Let me go check out this situation with my bare ass." Yes. Okay. So he goes up Good there. Visual. He doesn't see anything, and he's like, "Eh, it's fine. They got it. They got it handled." So he goes back to bed. And a short time later, an officer came um, down to his little quarters, and they said, uh, the ship's uh, sinking. You might want to come up here. <laughs> so he he put on his trousers. Oh, good. Um, a navy blue sweater, which I don't know why we need to know these details, but it's in here, um, over his pajamas, and he, wore, he put on his officer's overcoat and cap, and he dashed to the scene. Ooh, I so like he got it. out of bed and went upstairs. Um, so during the evacuation... He actually was in charge of lowering the lifeboats, mm-hmm. and the captain was had instructed him to only fill the lifeboats with women and children, as we s- witnessed in the movie Titanic. Yes. Um, and if a lifeboat had any empty seats, you would think that then they would start loading the men up, but they wouldn't even allow the men. They were like, no, 
you are not allowed to get on the boat. It's only women and children. This is these are the orders that he took. That doesn't mean that every lifeboat took these same orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the lifeboats that he was operating, he would not allow any men on the boats. Okay. So they were sending down lifeboats with empty seats. Nope. And there were men and young boys that still needed to board, and he wouldn't let them on it. I feel like because those were boys. his orders, though. Oh I know. I know. Well, they did say women and children, so maybe that was boys and girls. I'm sure Maybe I just made that part up. Maybe just older men weren't allowed on it. <clears throat> Great. Okay. So let's see. Da, 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 da. So when he attempted, he so he finished his first lifeboat and he was attempting to do the second. These are big, big lifeboats. Like when I was reading this, I was like, all right, these are like, he only did two of them, but they're huge. They fit like 40 to 50 people. So loading it up took some time. And um, he found that it was already occupied by 25 male passengers and crewmen. Uh-oh. So he walked to the second boat and he was like, all right, I'm in charge of this lifeboat, like women and children only. And there were already men like sitting in it waiting for it to be lowered. And he ordered them out of the boat and threatened them with his uh, revolver mm-hmm. saying, get out of there, you damn cowards. I'd like to see every one of you overboard. So he threatened to throw him overboard. Okay. So he made the men get off and then he reloaded it with women and children. Um, as the ship sank, seawater washed over the entire boat, as we all saw in the movie, producing a large wave that hit the boat deck. And um, he remembers seeing crowds of people run away from the rising water. He decided that there was nothing else that he could do. So he walked up to the roof of the office uh, quarters and did a beautiful swan dive into the ocean. Oh. And that's the end of my story. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. This I'm is kidding. not Sister Piper <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just joking. And then he tried to get on a floating door, but Rose would move the fuck over. Oh, and then she threw the diamond away. Yeah, no, but more I'm mad her. about. I'm more mad about the fact that he could have fit. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, he could have fit. Um, they could have still been together. Okay, so he did a. I'm just guessing a beautiful swan dive into the ocean, probably thinking that he shook a couple of the guys' hands and said goodbye, and then did his little exit into the ocean and however he resurfaced Mm -hmm. and he spotted uh the ship's crow's nest Mm -hmm. which is apparently like i think the highest point of yeah the ship right okay Mm -hmm. so he was going to it was now level with the water so that's how much the ship had sank Mm -hmm. and he was going he started to swim towards it because he was like oh it's a place of safety like i can at least rest here i'm still alive and then he remembered that it was safer to swim away from the boat because it was sinking in the pressure and it would suck it would, him down. I was going to say, he's going to get sucked yeah. into the... Okay. So as he changed his mind to swim away, he was suddenly sucked underwater. Oh, Jesus. And he was pinned against um, some grating on the side of the boat. So think like, I don't know, like large vents that suck uh-huh. water and air in and out of the sides of the boats. There was a special term for it, but I didn't put it in here because I didn't know what the hell it meant. We'll so. call boat grates. Yeah, boat grates. So... Um, Let's see. So he was sucked underwater. He was pinned against the grating on the side of the ship um, for some time by the pressure of the incoming water until a blast of hot air from a broiler, or a boiler, sorry, a boiler that had exploded in the depths of the ship erupted out and pushed hot air out of the grates and blew him up to the surface. Oh, my God. Kind of like a whale blowhole. It just, like... Fucking like pushed him out of there and rose him all the way to the top of the surface. And I bet it was nice because it was warm. It was warm. It was cozy. It was a fast exit from those grates. Yes. He made it straight to the top. Good. So this guy has a lot of good luck. So as he found himself at the top of the water again for the second time, he saw a small boat that was top size. It was flipped over and there were like 
25 people, um, well, around 30 people, like, hanging onto it upside down. So he swam over to them. He helped flip the boat over, got everybody on the boat, and he kind of took charge at that point, calming and organizing the survivors um, of the overturned light boat. And during the entire night, the waters got really rough as the boat was, or as the Titanic was sinking and just because that's what the ocean does. It get the waters get rough. Right. Um, he taught the crew on this small little craft. These are just passengers, how to move from side to side of the boat to keep it from flipping because if it would have flipped, then they probably would have froze to death. So he mm-hmm. was credited as saving all these, like 30 of these men, 30 nice. of these passengers lives. Um, so he was actually the last survivor to be taken on board from to the uh, RMS, which was the boat that rescued the, the survivors of the Titanic. And he was the most senior member of the crew to survive the Titanic disaster. Oh, my God. Which I would think would be kind of hard to be a senior member and survive something like that. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like you're almost not supposed to survive something like that, but he did save 30 additional lives because right. he, you know... So well, and can, he did a swan dive off. The I mean, I made that ship. up, but I'm I'm sure it was beautiful because he was sure. a seaman. It's it's his way of they're life. Really, they're really great at swimming. They're great at swimming and diving, Those guys. Seamen. Did you find that factoid out? Oh, who uh, played him? Yeah, he yeah. was played in the movie oh. by this guy's name, who's not a famous guard. actor, Jonathan Phillips. Shout out, Jonathan. This, this is what he looked like in the movie. Oh, may I see? If you recognize him. Yes. Yeah, there's like I apparently like a four minute clip. I bet he's the one yelling women and children. Probably, yeah. If I had to guess in the movie. That's how I that's who I envisioned. I mean, not exactly him, but that part of the movie when I was reading about the mm. him loading the boats. He sounded real sassy. I mean, I'm sure he had to be. Oh to get yes. those people to listen to him. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna throw you. Wasn't there a scene in the movie where someone threatened men with yes. a revolver? I wonder if it was Oh my god, there was. I think it probably was him. That must have been his yeah. part. It's been yeah. a while since I've seen the movie, but Yep. Me you too. Guys, guess what we're all doing this weekend. Guess what I'm doing tonight? <laughs> Watching the Titanic. <laughs> um, so, so again, he was the senior most member to survive the Titanic. Just so one might imagine yes. that surviving the greatest marine time disaster of the 20th century would put him on shore for good, but it didn't. No, his adventures at sea were not even close to being over. So there were two more times where Charles survives, and one is during the First World War. And one is during the Second World War. So he later served in the Royal Navy during the First World War and was given command of his own torpedo boat. Um, He was decorated twice for his actions in combat, which included sinking the German submarine UB-110. Wow. Sounds like a great sub. Sounds great. You know Um, know what kind of sub I like? One with Italian dressing on it. Tuna melt. (laughs) (laughs) Or or egg salad sub. (gasps) Is that a thing? They don't have it at, like, Subway, but... They do have a good tuna salad. I mean, who salad? goes to Subway? Oh, do. you do? Yes. Oh, go to Jersey Mike's. Oh. DeBella's. I mean, DeBella's, yeah. Or, I like Jersey Mike's Jersey better. Mike's have you been to Jersey Mike's? Uh-uh. Oh, Jenny. Oh, the best sub out the there. The best subs. Whoa. They slice that meat right in front of you. They don't fuck around. Well, I don't need sliced meat. I want tuna. Well, they got tuna too, but you should try their sliced meat. <laughs> It's like Costco's wine. It's I great. like how, how passionate you are right now about really sliced good. meat. Because Jersey Mike's is really good. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So, um, 
so he emerged from the great from World War One as a full naval commander. Mm. So he sank some really important German submarine. You sank my battleship. You sank my boat. So then he retired after World War One, but couldn't leave the sea behind entirely. Um, he and his wife bought their own boat called the Sundower and spent the next de- decade cruising around northern Europe and carrying out occasional secret surveillance missions. Did you know that? No. Cool. So when World War II finally um, started in 1939, um, the Nazis had tore through most of Europe, um, driving allies back at every turn. And at this point, France was getting ready to fall. Um, The British Army, along with French and Belgium troops, uh, stood trapped between the sea and the Germans. Um, So if if this incident would not have happened, we don't know that... uh, Germany could have possibly won the war, I guess. So in a desperate attempt to save the soldiers that were trapped between the ocean and then the German soldiers, Winston Churchill and the British government came up with a plan that um, they would call on all private citizens that owned ships to use their ships to bring them to port to save the soldiers that were trapped on land. So our good old friend Charles was one of those people that that were called. And um, he said he had only one stipulation. He would do it. But he said that he wanted to do it himself, that he wanted to um, be the captain of the boat and go and actually save, go save the men. So he's now 66 years old. Nope. And he took his two sons with him. Also no. And and one of them was still like a teenager. But I feel like back then that's like being 30 years old. Well, it's not that far. Actually, this is no longer 1939. (laughs) So it's not like we're not in like 1800s anymore. Um, so while sailing for their first mission, Charles stumbled upon a motor cruiser in the middle of the ocean that caught fire. And instead of continuing on to his actual mission, he chose to stop and help the men on board. He ended up rescuing more than 260 men and squeezing them. How big them. was his fucking boat? Well, that's the thing. It, I don't know, but I'm going to look for a picture for you. Okay. But when he finally docked back in England, one of the main officers saw all these men exiting his ship and he was basically like oh my god mate where did you put them all because his boat it was big but it wasn't that big so he ended up saving all these guys lives um so he would later serve as also inspiration for a character in a highly acclaimed movie called dunkirk have you heard of it Mm -hmm. kenny have you heard of it it just came out like last year oh i got the actor who played him Mark Rylance. Look at you, like five steps ahead of me. I love it. I figured you were talking about Dunkirk next. So so maybe I'll watch that on Saturday night. Oh, my God. Titanic on Friday. Have you seen it? Is it good? I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it, though. Okay. Um, So having been an active player in three of the most memorable marine time events of the history. So I guess the sub thing, like I said, was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And then also the fact that he um, saved those 260 men was obviously another big deal. Um, He spent the rest of his days overseeing a boatyard before passing away in 1952 of chronic heart disease at the age of good old 78. So he got to live a nice full life. Um, I guess apparently he was a longtime pipe uh, pipe smoker and he died during London's Great Smog of 1952. Oh, I didn't know that they had a great smog. I didn't know either, That's why I put it in there because I thought that was kind of interesting. Maybe when we come for our tour in the UK... You guys can we tell can, us more about that. The Great Smog of 1952. And any other tidbits about UK that we would love to know. So that is the survival story. Survival stories of Charles Lightoller. Wow. Charlie, kind of a badass. I, I really liked this little ditty. It was a good one. Yeah. 
I also really like stories about Titanic survivors I for do some too. reason. I, know. And I don't know if it's just because it's so famous. I or... think also because we've all seen Titanic and we can somehow reenact it in our minds too. Yeah. I like I immediately went to the scene where they're like getting the people on the boats, mm-hmm. you know, like I have a visual now. He did. And in, in another article I read, he mentioned that he hates jazz music. But he did say that the band that was playing on the Titanic, they were playing, you know, just like in the movie. He said it was the perfect music for, it was the most appropriate and perfect music for what was happening. Didn't they tell them to play something more upbeat? I think so, yeah, but they he were said it. slow, so, like, sad songs, and they were like, play something more upbeat. And he said it, he thinks it actually helped people, like, move faster and get them on the boats and stuff. So he said, even though I hate jazz music, I will say Whoa. it was a good, it was a good choice of music to be playing at the time. <laughs> Valid so. point, Charlie. Little fun fact. There Charles. you go. Charles. Charles. Charles in charge. Uh-huh. That's what Love he those is. those boats. <laughs> That's semen. Oh, semen. Hmm. Now, read me, read me your book report. Okay, so I brought some paper here. <laughs> Just want to make sure you can all hear that. Old school. Love it. <laughs> I'm doing a multi-story situation, mm. and I'm doing the story of people who were Supposed to be executed, but survive. Ooh, me likey. So I'm sorry about this first one. I cannot pronounce his name. I mean, look who you're talking to, really. Hey, we're gonna try real hard. Do right it. Now. I want. I want to hear your best effort. Okay. Well, he's from Mexico. Okay. So when Cisleo Moguel Moguel Sure. Sure. Miguel. Miguel. Sounds okay. good. Miguel. Let's just go with that. Miguel. Well, if there's not an I, it's M-O. Miguel. 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 Okay. In March 1915, mm-hmm. so another old timey. Old timey and bad time to get electrocuted. <laughs> mm, oh, or right. not even electrocuted. Get ready. Did, did they have electricity? No. They don't think they no, did. they did. I don't know if they did in did Mexico. They? I don't but, think they uh, did use the electric chair, though, in 19. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I don't think that was a thing. <laughs> don't I didn't worry. that far ahead yet. <laughs> They're trying to perfect the light bulb still. <laughs> yeah. They're still working on small scale yeah. here. They're like, we just want to light a room. We don't want to light anyone up yet. <laughs> Give yet. us a couple more years. Okay. He was 25 year old when Cecelo Moguel <laughs> was fighting on the side of Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa? That's sure. famous. Oh, I thought you were looking at me like I should know what that is. No, Pancho Villa is a guy. And oh. he was like part of the Mexican Revolution. Oh. Uh, I must have missed that day in... Kenny History looks class. just as confused. Okay, I just know it's like famous. Okay. okay. Um, so he was then captured by Mexican authorities and immediately sentenced to death for being a traitor. Okay. Mm. Um, there was no trial or defense. It was just like, because it was 1915. We caught you. It was 1915 and it was in Mexico. In Mexico. And they were like, uh, we caught you. So you're going to go Jigs die up. now. Bye. Um, I'm, ex- I'm sure that's exactly what they said. So on March 18th, he was placed in front in front of a firing squad. Of a light bulb. Oh. A oh. firing squad. God, what a terrible way to die. Yeah. Consisting of nine soldiers. Oh. That's a lot of soldiers. So the eight of them stood in front of him. Wait, not to interrupt you. Can I tell you what I actually just thought a firing squad was before I really thought about it? Sure. I Kenny, would love that. Um, I was picturing a bunch of firemen with hoses spraying water on them. Instead of bullets. And then I was like, oh, shit, no, firing squad is, a, is, a, is people with guns firing at you. So Yes, it's not. That's it, why I was like, wow, what a terrible way to die. I mean. Firing squad is still a terrible way to terrible, die. It's still terrible, but I think being, fi- anyway, go ahead. Being I just had to explain my, nine I just wanted to explain once. my picturing. I like it. 
I like everything about it. That's magic. Okay. Smart. No, guns. So eight men with guns stood in front of Mogil, and one stood next to him, which I'm like, I don't want to be the guy standing next to you. Who pulled that straw? God damn it. So the reason is because all of the eight people in the firing line shoot Mogel, and then the guy standing next to him shoots the, like, kill shot. Like, he's supposed to shoot him in a vital organ to ensure that he's dead. Because eight bullets isn't enough. Correct. Got it. So uh, the soldiers were commanded to fire, and eight bullets went into Mogel's body. And then the officer stepped up and delivered the last shot to his head. Hmm. They left his body there for dead. After the soldiers left, Mogel was still alive and conscious. Oh, my God. He crawled away and started looking for help. (laughs) Mogel. Mogel, what are you doing? He deserves to live at this point, I feel like. Three blocks away. This man who's been shot nine (laughs) or ten times is crawling his little shot ass down, down the street uh, he he finds the Church of St. James Apostle in downtown Santiago, Texas. <laughs> that place. That is exactly how you pronounce it. Uh, he was found by a parishioner there, and he took him into his house until he was healed. Mm. Mm. I wonder if the people that shot him ever found out that he lived. Probably not. Well, I no. don't. They might have because after his re- recovery, uh, he gained the nickname. El Fusilado, which means the executed one. In 1937, he became a bit of a celebrity. How, How, you may ask? How? Uh, He appeared on Ripley's Believe It or Not, a radio show out of Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, wow. Full circle. Full circle, straight back to the OH. And this is like the fourth time that Ripley's Believe It or Not has come up in our stories, too. I mean, I feel like kind of like... Yeah. In the mix back then. If you guys haven't been to a Ripley's Believe It or Not I museum. I have not. Oh, it's so fun. They're Is so it? creepy. Okay. All right. Um, so his face was very disfigured uh, because the bullet that shot him in the head went through his cheekbone on the right side and exited just below his eye on the left side. Mm. But he lived until the ripe age of 85. Wow. And he died in Mexico in 1975. Good for him. And he was remembered forever by a song titled El Fusilado, which again means the executed one. It was released in 2008 by British band Chumbawamba. No. <laughs> I get knocked down and I get up again. Because you're never going to get me down. Really? Is that? That's not the song. But, oh, but God, that's, Jenny. But isn't it, it makes sense, though, doesn't I, it? It does. That's why I was, re- I was like, wow. I used to listen to that song when I was getting ready for school. Oh, my God. I loved that song. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible now. Chumbawamba. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he has a song after him, and he's, uh, you can see him at Ripley's Believe It or Not. Hmm. Okay, that's, so that's the first one. Okay, the next one, I can actually pronounce his name. William Duell. Two centuries earlier, so now we're getting real old-timey. Damn. In England, shout out, UK, we're hey, coming for we're you. we're coming. <laughs> In 1740, teenager William Duell was sentenced to death, along with four others, for raping, beating, and murdering mm. a woman in Acton, West London. Uh, so they were uh, sent to be hung. Okay, well, I mean... Because they def- in 1740, they definitely didn't have electricity. <laughs> they did not. Or probably a old-timey firing squad with <laughs> fire hoses. And- <laughs> with fire hoses. 
They didn't have that water pressure capability. No, they would have had to. They would have had to douse him with buckets yeah, of water. That would not have worked. <laughs> okay, so. After they were all hung, they took the bodies to a local surgeon uh, because they were going to use the bodies for education for future Mm. doctors. Mm -hmm. So kind of like donating your body to science. So after about 10 minutes of being there, one of the nurses heard groaning. And it was coming from the area where Duell laid. Mm. So she discovered that the corpse was still alive and... The doctors, of course, 1740, used the practice of bloodletting to help revive him. What? You know, where they, like, cut you and let your blood come out. Because you gotta oh, because bl- that blood helps out. you come back to life. Yeah, right. It's not, that's not good, people. Makes if you, perfect sense. If you're thinking about doing bloodletting, I suggest don't. Don't do it. Google that first. It's not good. Um, so he was incoherent for a <laughs> while after the ordeal. Um, he had about a seven hour sleep where it was like broken up with him, like having fits. I don't know what kind of fits, but dying fits. I don't know. Um, and then he, he consumed some broth and a glass of wine. I'm like only the most nutritious things. Damn it. A glass of broth and wine. It's like now you're sick and they're like, here, drink some water and have some crackers. I'm like, where's my wine? I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, and then he was able to be questioned. <clears throat> Duel had no explanation for the crime as far as like the actual crime he was being punished for. Yeah, dickhead. And he had no recollection of being hanged. He doesn't remember it at all. Huh. Uh, because of his miraculous recovery and no. because people were probably like, he, he's some sort of like superpower or yeah, whatever. They're like, we're not going to charge you. No. So, yep, he just got to walk free after raping and killing some Mm-mm. somebody. Good job. But, um,. But yeah, so that's that's his story. So he technically got hanged, pulled down, taken to the morgue, about to be almost operated on. Yep. But then no. And then he got he some dead. bone broth or some bone broth bone or broth and broth and wine and came to after some a little bit of bloodletting. The Nothing best like combination. The 1740s. <laughs> Nothing like this. Yeah. <laughs> now this guy has a really cool name, John Smith. <laughs> so excited <laughs> really original yeah um he was also a londoner jeez these londoners shout just out uk um he was sentenced to hang after being convicted of robbery you guys are vicious god cut a guy a break uh, i get was, the raping and murdering but it was 1705 so maybe i don't know maybe robbery was like a big deal he probably stole like a cow or something <clears throat> maybe someone's cattle exactly so he had to be hung so the noose was placed around his neck and a cart was pulled away. I guess that's how they used to do it in the old days. Okay. Stand him on a cart, put the noose, get those Step cattle up there. to move. <laughs> um, but after he hung for 15 minutes, he was still alive. So he's just hanging there. Oh my God. Alive. So the crowd that was there, because you know, it's obviously, a whole s- well, there's nothing to do in 1705. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to go see the person getting hanged. Yeah. It was like a, a sport. Yeah, it was like something fun to do, mm-hmm. which is really awful. There's probably like a bookie there being like, over under like, like six minutes, he's hanging here. Oh my God, oh, do you probably. Think? I don't know. If what do you think they were like, betting chickens? Maybe. I, I mean, they did have money back then, so. I know, but I feel like this was in a small town. It was all focused on like, like livestock and stuff. I just feel like it was a small town, but whatever. Moving right along. The, the crowd begged for reprieve and he was cut down. 
And he said, uh, I'm going to read his quote. Upon being asked what it felt like to be hanged, Smith replied. Okay, this is old timey speak, so it's... Oh, boy. Get ready. When I was turned off, I was, for some time, sensible of very great pain, occasioned by the weight of my body and felt my spirits in strange commotion, violently pressing upwards. What the fuck? Just say it hurt. It hurt. I didn't like it. Anyway. So poetic. Having forced their way to my head, I saw great blaze or glaring light that seemed to go out of my eyes in a flash, and then I lost all sense of pain. After I was cut down, I began to come to myself, and the blood and spirits forcing themselves into their former channels put me by by a prickling or shooting into such intolerable pain that I could have wished those hanged who had cut me down. So basically he's saying once they cut me down, it hurt so bad because he like everything rushed have, back yeah. as far as feelings and all that stuff. Spirits. That he's like the spirits moving into his channels <laughs> that he wanted the people who cut him down to be hanged for being, for her putting for hurting him in so much pain. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't know why old timey people talked such a way. Did people I, understand this back then? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Violently pressing upwards. Yeah. Into my channels. Like just say it was like, keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. God kiss come on anyway so john smith lived and it didn't say that he got you know like he didn't get sentenced or anything after that it just kind of stops telling me the story but i'm assuming he got let go or maybe just put in jail at they're that like point. you survive this you're mm-hmm. fine basically they're like god doesn't want you to die because yeah. again it's 1705 and we're all real we're all real religious yep mm-hmm. hence the spirits coming back into him yes his spirits were coming back into yes him. Okay, last one. His name is Joseph Samuel. Mm-hmm. It's 1801 now. Okay, so we're... But again, we're in, old. We're in Britain. God, Brit- you Brits. British citizen Joseph Samuel was sent to the penal colony in Australia for robbery. So is so, that... Because Australia was where they would send all prisoners at first, yep. right? Like the Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think Australia was originally a British... Colony. Yes. Yep. Facts. Okay. We're just throwing facts at you, you people. Guys, we're just teaching you stuff that you probably History already know. History and facts. Okay. Um, so in Australia, <laughs> hold on. My, my, gotta get my, my She's got to get her three ring binder out. <laughs> <laughs> um, him and some men robbed and killed a security guard at the prison. In Australia. Yeah, that's not smart. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, don't, don't listen, do that. You're, you're, you're down under. Enjoy the, the weather. You're down under. Enjoy the weather. <laughs> Why do you got to kill someone? Okay, so, so I think at that point he escaped. In 1803, the authorities captured Samuel, who admitted to the robbery, but he has said, I had nothing to do with the murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they had no evidence, though, to convict the other men. They only had Samuel. So he got... He's going to die. Yeah, he got convicted to hang. Like, they were like, we don't have anyone else, so guess what? We're just going to... Yeah. We're going to put this on you. <clears throat> he was taken to Parramatta, which I assume is a city. It's got mm-hmm. a capital P. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rope was placed around his neck, and the cart was taken away, just like, you know, how the carts are. Just like those just British. Whip those horses, get them to go. Uh, and the rope broke. Oh. The executioner strung the rope up again, but this time the rope got really loose, and his feet touched the ground. Oh, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys need it's to work on your skills. It's not meant to be. Uh, and then, <clears> on <throat> the third try, the rope broke yet again. So, the governor... The spirits. The governor believed it was a sign from God. It was. And then changed his sentence to life in prison oh, instead. <laughs> so, so, now you're going to just rot in jail. Yeah, you were going to die, but now we're just going to put you in jail for the rest of your life. Oh. Um, 
But again, he may have been involved in the killing of a security guard at a prison. So, yeah, fine. Get in that jail. Right. But uh, those are the stories of some of the uh, people who have escaped death. I think that doesn't happen very often anymore because A, science, and then right. B, um, we use like chemicals and Now there's like injections, like right? Yeah. yeah. Where it's pretty much going to kill you. Yeah. So whereas hanging and like firing squad, nothing's a sure thing. No, nothing is. You got like an 80-20 shot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's my story. I like it. (laughs) Mm. Kenny, do you have weird news for us? I actually got two because one, I feel like you guys might have heard of, so I just wanted to bring it up. Okay, great. Did you guys hear about uh, that banana that was duct taped to a wall? No. No. Okay, so it's some uh, art piece that sold for $120,000. Stop at some uh, art thing in Miami. Here's what it looks like. Literally a Literally banana. Literally a banana duct, okay. duct taped to a wall. It's gorgeous. And the owner, they said, you can replace the banana as needed when it rots. <clears throat> just very odd to me, I think. It's super odd. You How can, is that art? You can just make your own then if you're replacing it. Right. And who <laughs> I want to know, know every detail about the person that bought this. Yeah. Like what kind that, of drugs That kind of person on is on drugs and they also have so much money they just don't care. It's by the same Italian artist who made the 18 carat toy, golden toilet like a couple of years ago. Oh. I don't know if you guys heard I about that. I feel like at least that is actually worth money. Yeah. It was worth like right. $6 million. Okay. A banana tape to the wall that you have to replace yourself is mm-hmm. basically just like being buying a piece it's of duct tape. Right. Duct taping a banana to your wall every four and days. And it's, it's kind of some work. You got to keep and up I'm with that honest. banana. It's going to stain your wall. You leave banana up for that long. What if you, what if you go on vacation? What if you come back and it's all rotted? Guess You're going to get happen? fruit flies. I was going to say fruit fucking flies. And I those fucking, things are I the hate worst. Them. They don't go away. Mm. Quit trying to get my nose in my mouth. I'm trying to eat this banana on the wall. Okay. Okay. So now for the actual weird news story I found. A Florida couple buys a baby bouncer at Goodwill and finds what inside the box instead? Mm. So baby bouncer, I'm trying to think of the weight of the baby bouncer. It's got to be heavy. Mm-hmm. Somewhat heavy, right? Yeah, now I'm just bouncing. They got a great deal on it. $10 at Goodwill and an unopened box. That's why they bought it. An unopened box. Well, they said it appeared unopened. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was Obviously. because something else was in it. But. I'm going to say a lot of cocaine. Oh, okay. I was going to say just like a bunch of old hangers. <laughs> An assault rifle. Oh. What? Yeah. Now so, stop. And a baby? In a... <laughs> they bought it on the way to the baby shower, and so they didn't oh, have a chance no. to open it. And so when they gifted Hilarious. it, they were like, people they gave it to were like, oh, you got me a gun. To protect your home, naturally, with a baby. But it, but it was in a box for a baby yes. bouncer. <laughs> yes. So they called the police, obviously. Um, Amazing. After they checked the IDs, they told the people they could keep the gun. Only and, in Florida. But... They're gonna oh, they're gonna investigate this a little bit farther before they hand over the assault rifle to the people who bought a baby bouncer. I feel like I'd be like, you go ahead and keep that. You just keep this. Yeah, gun. Like, I, I don't need I don't, an assault I don't rifle. Need this. <clears throat> police people, you oh. keep that. That sounds like more of a police thing than a me thing. What was this recent, Kenny? Uh, I feel like this could be like the '70s cop work, maybe that. But now, like a cop being it like, you could... was two days ago. Oh shit! Yep. Mm-hmm. But, but it's Florida. So, I was going to say, those crazy Floridians. But they, they checked their IDs, and they were stable-ish. They were, yes. Adults that could have a... But then the banana was also in Miami. So it's like you guys, two weird news incidents from Florida. If you're in Florida, you need to get it together. 
Okay. Or don't, because I really enjoy the stories coming out of your Keep state. Keep it going. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that banana on a wall? Ooh, banana Damn. on a wall is the grossest. Oh. I still can't get over that. The assault rifle, though, I feel like... Here's the thing. I didn't open a lot of my baby gifts from the shower until it was close to time to have the baby. <laughs> so can you imagine I'm like seven months funny. pregnant, want to, you know, just lay just, down and I'm opening this stuff and all of a sudden like, I pull out an assault rifle. Or even like you are opening it in front of all your f- friends and family and you're like, everyone's like on, the, oh, who's, oh, this is from grandma, opens it up. Oh, it's a freaking assault rifle. I don't even know if I would know and right away. who gets someone a gift from the Goodwill? I mean, yeah, valid point. You Sorry. guys, I mean, there's nothing wrong with shopping at the Goodwill, but, but don't gift from the Goodwill. Don't gift me from the Goodwill. But you do you. But yeah, everyone has their own search. I get it. Um, so this has been another episode of Sip, Survive, Repeat. Mm-hmm. We are creeping up on a year here soon because I think we're in the 40s, 43, 44, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um. So once we hit 52, that's a that's a fucking year. That's it. It's in the books. Whoop whoop. So if you guys want to follow us on social media, you can always email us at sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Jenny from Sip, Survive, Repeat, and we love our listeners, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews. So if you guys could log on to Apple Podcasts and then give us a rating and a review, we'll send you a sticker. All you need to do is send us a screenshot of your rating and your review to either our email, sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com, or direct message us, or DM us as the kids like to say, on any social media. So all you have to do again is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of that and send it to us at one of the channels I just mentioned. And we'll send you a Sip, Survive, Repeat sticker. And it's big, you guys. Size of your hand at least. So again, send it to us and we'll see you soon.